Hello, and welcome to the podcast on Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. I'm excited this morning because Meshach's going to be coming and sharing the word, but I don't know if you guys know a lot of what's been happening in Meshach's life and, and maybe even where he's come from. Maybe he'll share more of his story, but um, it was such a, such a privilege to see how the states have recognized the call on his life, uh, that he came as a pastor from Malawi when he moved here. He came already as a pastor ordained by the Assemblies of God in his home country. And so just this last week, they finally presented the paper they printed in May, right? Because nobody had been getting together. And they, they were able to present that. It was great to see folks from the church just there to support you and your friends and your family. Um, but, but that is something that man has recognized that God is already doing in your life. Um, that's just man coming alongside and saying, we identify that his hand is on you and his call is in you. And so there is, there's no doubt in my mind that he is going to continue to do great things in your lives. And what a, what a whirlwind of a season. I, I just see you guys in right now with the birth of the, of the baby, with just being able to receive that ordination here, and then the transition that's going to be happening with, with schooling and just where God's leading you guys. So I know this is a season where it's just clear, man, he's moving. He's moving. I don't know if pump the brakes was for you. I don't know. It just, I see things flying for you guys right now. And so would you just come up here? I want to pray over you this morning as we just see the Lord doing great things and he's going to share the word with us. Would you stretch out your hand as we just pray over Meshach and Bethany, you can stay up here. Why don't you stay up here while we pray? (laughs) Would you stretch your hands and, and let's just pray for them. Father, I just thank you so much for this family. I just thank you for both Meshach and Bethany. I thank you for the hand that you that you have on their life, Lord. I just pray right now for your blessings, uh, your favor. God, open up doors right now as they're just looking even into employment and ministry opportunities and the education future and everything, God, happening uh, as their family is growing. God, open up doors that no man can shut and shut the doors that they don't need to walk through. Just make it clear. Let your peace be their guiding light, Lord. We just thank you, God, that right now there's going to be financial provisions. There's going to be spiritual outpouring. God, there's going to be such a, just, they're going to feel the the bubble of heaven around them, Lord, in this season. We just thank you so much to just pouring out on them and pouring out through them. Lord, we just bless them in your name. Amen. We love you guys. It's always awesome to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Uh, Yeah, we'll be officially moving to Florida. the date that we're supposed to move will be December 18th, but we never know. It might be sooner than that. You just keep us in your prayers, and we really need a lot of prayers. Just having a baby and a few months moving, and with all that, yeah, we really need uh, your prayers. And it has been always great to be here, and uh, I know, unless otherwise, I may be preaching next week, so... Even if I just finish the whole time saying about this, I think I will still preach next week. I was asking Michael, how much time do I have until we get done? He said I can have even three hours at least minimum. (laughs) So instead of three, I'll just take two hours. So I think you don't mind. (laughs) All right. So we're always uh, 
grateful to be at Emmanuel Assembly. Uh, the first time we came, we are still at the, it's hard to pronounce some words, so just bear with me. Boston School, right? Down there. So, uh, you know, where I'm coming from, it's kind of like fun. Uh, we were colonized by the Great Britain uh, in Malawi. So, most of the things that we do, or how we say some words in English, they are kind of like uh, based from the background of Britain. So, sometimes when I say something, some people say, what? What did you say? I said, I'm saying A, B, C, D. I said, oh, okay. This is the same thing, only that maybe it's uh, used in a different way. Uh, the first time Bethany told me about the biscuits, she said, oh, we have biscuits, blah, blah. So I showed her biscuits in Malawi. She said, no, these are not biscuits. These are cookies. I said, no, these are not cookies. These are biscuits. So it was like, okay, so these are biscuits. To me, a biscuit is bread, you know, uh, that piece you call it a biscuit. A, a cookie, what do you call a cookie? It's a biscuit to me. So it was like, okay. This other time, uh, me and Bethany went to send some few gifts to Malawi, and we had uh, to write like what we have in the box, and she writes, we have a torch. And the, uh, the office, uh, the mistress, she asks, you have a dog in here? I said, yes, what is it? He said, oh, a flashlight. So I said, oh, you have a flashlight in here. So, you know, for me, a talk is the flashlight. Well, for you guys, if I say a talk, you know what a talk is, right? Like that one that used to burn stuff. So she was thinking like we had a talk in the box, and she was kind of like, what, you have a talk in here? said, yeah, but we just meant a small flashlight that you can see the light. So it was kind of like fun to be introduced to some things. And, you know, a lot of things, they are kind of like different, but we just say one more word that it shocked me when I heard. We are in Malawi. We have these missionaries. We are chatting, talking. Uh, and uh, this other man comes saying, oh, Mishik, I like your pants. I said, what? You like my pants? How did you see my pants? Back in Africa, where I'm coming from, when you say a pant is an underwear. So when he said, I like your pants, I said, oh, no, no, no. This is a taboo. It was like something, you were, you were weird. How can you say that? So just some things that are kind of like fun. And you say, okay. All right, let's get to it. We are still in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we are so thank you for this morning that we can come and dine with you and listen from you, oh God. We pray this morning that, Lord, you speak to our hearts and uh, you give us encouragement as we live and working towards uh, you. And we pray, Lord, that you give us strength as we strive and live for you, O oh God, as we are uh, waiting for your coming. We pray this, that, Lord, you speak to our hearts that we can be renewed and strengthened and be encouraged in your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. This morning, uh, I'll be speaking uh, from some of the things that we have gone through, me and Bethany, and some of the, you know, life journeys, like everybody. I know if I can ask each one of us, uh, we have different stories to, that we can tell. Uh, if I can ask my brother here, if he can start telling me his stories, we would, we would be amazing and we would be saying, oh, wow. So I know each one of us 
if we could be given a chance of this mic, we could say our stories and we could be uh, lifted up in the Lord and uh, being encouraged. So this morning, uh, for today, we will be speaking about uh, God being a help. So I just simply entitled the message this morning, When God Seemed to be Silent. Uh, when God Seems to be Silent. You know, I realize that we all go uh, through uh, those times where we feel like maybe God is not listening. You know, uh, as I said, if we can ask uh, each one of us, we can tell different stories. And some would be saying, wait a minute, are you serious? You went through that? So we basically have uh, different times in our lives that we feel or come to the point of saying, is really God uh, listening to my prayers? So uh, we have sometimes like, for example, uh, you are praying for something. I've heard people that they have been, tell me that we don't have that shoot again, please. I don't want to have glasses again. When, when I saw that one, I was saying, oh, no, I did not preach with the glasses in the heart. Where did that come from? So it was fun. I hope we don't have that today. As we go uh, this journey of life, a lot are things that happens in our lives. I've heard people saying or speaking about praying for some things and their prayer not being answered. I've had times that personally I've said, okay, God, did I invite myself to be at this place or you did? There are times and situations that we feel sometimes that maybe God is not even listening to our prayers. Uh, one point in time, I remember when God was calling me to be a pastor. For two and a half years, I said, no, I don't want to be a pastor. Why? Because I saw how some people are back in Africa, mainly pastors, how they struggle in life. And I said, no, I don't want to go through that. I've gone to school. You know, I've done some studies. I can get a good job, even though it's hard in Africa to get a job. But at least I have something to help me. But being a pastor, no, thank you, God. I can save you in other fields, but not being a pastor. It's overwhelming. It's hard. And for two years, I said no. But the more I said no, the more I had no peace of mind. And that bothered me a lot for two and a half years to the point of this one night, I don't forget. I don't know why, me personally, it's hard to shed tears even when I'm crying, even if I'm sorry for something. It's hard for tears to shed. And some people, I remember one guy said, Richard, how does you ever get sorry for something? We don't see you the times that you need to, we need to see tears coming out, but we don't see them. Do you really feel sorry? Oh my goodness, if you could take a machete and cut my chest and see my heart, you could see that I'm really very sorry for the situation. But for whatever reason, yeah, they come, but, you know, it takes a time. So uh, this night, I came to the point that I was praying, and I said, God, two and a half years I've been fighting to say, no, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to minister you in specific this area. But this time, God, I'm just surrendering to you. I don't know what it will be like. I don't know how is it going to be. But I'm just surrendering my life to you in this service. 
So when I prayed uh, uh, a prayer like that, two months later, I hear the call from my pastor saying, hey, Mishek, because you have uh, at least some studies in Bible, we have a church here that we need for a pastor. So as you are pre preparing to uh, study more, we would like you to be at this church as a pastor. That just came timely after I just prayed. So I said, okay, thank you, God. I can't even so now. I can't even say no, but I'm here for you. Do whatever you want with my life. That was the beginning of the pastoral journey. So I said yes. I went to this church, and people called me crazy because this church was not even having any money to support me. Uh, but I had a job that we had everything. I was well supported. But I said I'm following the direction of God. I get into ministry. Yes, challenges were there, but one more interesting thing, I said, God, why did I not say yes long time back? I didn't have peace of mind. Yes, I don't have the material things that people can call me I have, or I don't have A, B, C, D, but I have peace of mind. I was happy. I was excited. I said, oh, God, thank you. Don't be surprised when you see me like that you may call it. It's not. You may call it I'm crazy, but when I'm in the presence of the Lord, you can call me I'm crazy, but I know what I'm doing because of what God has done to my life. I just feel, oh, thank you, God, for doing that for me, for bringing me here. So, yeah, I can be excited and, you know, I can jump and all that. So don't judge me if you see, no, Pastor Michael, of course, moves. If you see me, like, moving a lot, you say, oh, what's going on, Michelle? Just bear with me. We are together. I'm still in the spirit. We are still in the presence of the Lord. So, fast forward, we are talking about when God seems to be silent. Don't forget. Later, after a few years, I went to Assemblies of God uh, Bible School, do all, did all that. Now, uh, the year I was to go to the Bible School, the coordinator told me, if you're going to minister as a pastor, you are no longer serving with us as teen missions as organization. I was working with this organization where I met Bethany. So I said, okay, I'm leading the call of God. Guess what? I said, I'm zealous. I'm going to Bible school. Now I'm excited. God has called me. Finally, he has proven to me. When this pastor called me, I have this church. I'm ministering. I go to Bible school that year, 2008. I went to the Bible school. I went there without school fees, believing God is going to provide. I had that faith. You know, when you feel that God is with you, you feel that fire, you are geared, you have faith. I go without school fees, God will provide. I went there. To my amazement, the school administration said, Mishek, no school fees, you're not staying here. I said, what? I asked people to help me school fees, all that. It did not work that way. I came back to God, praying, fasting. Like, God, is this true? Did I call myself to come into this ministry? Because I could not pastor this church for so long if I could not get a training with the Assemblies of God. Why are they saying I should go back? The administration, I went like three, four times. There were scholarships. I could hear like I had a friend who just went in the office asking for the scholarship, and he was uh, given the scholarship. I said, oh, let me go. I went in the office and said, no, Mishak, there's no scholarship for you. Are you kidding me? I went back to God crying, God, please, seriously, I had peace of mind that you have called me. What is it going on that I can't see that happening now? You know what? I didn't know what was it. But all what I felt, I felt like 
at that moment, maybe God is not listening to my prayers. I felt like maybe God is silent in my situation. I felt like maybe he don't want me to be a pastor. Then I said, was it the devil speaking to me to be a pastor? How can that be possible? No, it, might not, it, it can't be devil. Is it just my thoughts or thinking that I just said I should be a pastor or I should accept this? I did not know. Guess what? They kicked me out of school and I had no choice. Now I call, I'm calling back my coordinator who said, never come back to teen missions if you go to a pastor. I said, hello, sir. He was the coordinator from uh, Canada, of course, with the teen missions, which is headquarters is in Florida, but we have teams that are coming every year. Hello, sir. I'm so sorry. What? I told you not to come here again. Yeah, I'm so sorry, but the school cannot take me because I don't have school fees. Is it okay if you can give me another chance to come work with you guys? He says, Mishak, okay, because of uh, your character, I like you, so come back, work with us. So I went back to Teen Missions, that was 08, 2008. I went back to Teen Missions, that was the uh, January, February, something, it was February. I started working again. Now, a few months later, the coordinator receives a call from U.S., the founder of this ministry. Hey, Matt, his name was Matt. We want you to find a guy to lead a team that is coming to Malawi. Uh, we have this team that has the uh, teens, girls and boys, but we don't have a male leader to go with the team from U.S. Can you find somebody? I said, oh, okay, okay, fine. And the coordinator comes to me, Mishek, can you be part of the team that is coming in a few months to be a male leader on the team? I said, oh, yeah, I would love to serve I mean, with the team. So, okay, thank you. Then this team comes, we go to the airport, and the, that happens to be a team where Bethany was. And uh, there were, I mean, 15, 18, and with the teens, they had guys that they needed a male leader. So we had time with the team, all that. I'm telling you, I'll not lie to you. The first time I saw Bethany, I said, oh, my goodness. My heart just felt something, and I said, oh, okay. But we were not allowed to say anything, like expressing my feelings towards her, to say, like, something. Even if I could say, I like you, that would be a bad thing with the team because we were not allowed to do that. So we said, okay, whatever happens, you know. They stayed for a month in Malawi. Together, we had time chatting, laughing. So she was one of the leaders on the team with the other male leader. I mean, the other female leader. So there were, like, two ladies, and me, I was, like, uh, a guy leader on the team with those two young uh, teens. We spent time together for a month, I mean, like, uh, leading, going in different uh, areas in Malawi, preaching, all that. Fast forward, towards to the end of the, uh, their trip for them to come back, we go to this restaurant. You know, we never said anything showing affection to each other. We are just chatting. So I said, hey, Bethany, should we just go eat? I mean, sit there. There were tables like all over, you know, at the restaurant. Uh, tables were around. I said, let's just go there. So we are walking there, uh, going, wanting to sit. And we hear this coordinator calling, Mishek, what are you, where are you going? I said, ah, we want to sit here. We want to chat. No, come sit with the rest of the team. I said, ah, no, we'll sit here, it's okay. No, come here. We didn't know what he was talking about, what he meant to say that. Then we went back. 
Then, two days later, we go to the airport. They fly back to U.S. Then the coordinator asks me a question on our way back to where we were living. Mishek, tell me something. What? Whom did, you, whom did you love most on the team? I said, everybody. I loved everybody the same as the team. I'm, I was a leader, you know. I said, oh, okay. Let me ask you again. Yes, I know you can love everybody, but tell me somebody whom you loved most amongst this. I said, ah, oh, I, I don't know if I had somebody. Okay, maybe the two guys, the teens, you know, because I was teaching them, you know, how to be a man and all that. So maybe those two. He said, Mishek, be honest. <laughs> so he said, did you like Bethany? I said, I lied. Because I knew if I say yes, I didn't know what is to follow. I didn't like that, but I said, no. <laughs> I said, oh. Okay, yeah, she was asking the same thing. She was also like, yeah, but we, we liked each other, but we did not tell each other. Okay, 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 fine, fine. We went back to the base. We had this other coordinator says, hey, Mishek, uh, how is it with Beth? And I said, what's the problem with you guys? I said nothing. So fast forward, I really liked her. So I said, okay, you know what? Because there's no way I can communicate to her now, I'll just write a letter. Now, on this letter, I was really open. You know the paper, the A4 paper. I had written, handwritten, Four pages, that paper, four pages, like side by side, side by side. I had like to take all my heart put on that paper. And I write her, hey, Bethany, I don't know if I said sorry then, but I said, hey, I just want to express my feelings. Now, remember, different culture. I'm from Malawi, she's from US. I don't know what is culture like when it comes to dating and all that. Back where I'm coming from, I can meet somebody for one week, two weeks. I can ask for marriage. I can propose. And we can be dating what you have asked for marriage already. So that's what I did. I write this F4 page. I love you. I dream about you. I think about you. All that and all that. Would you marry me? She gets the letter. She always, would you marry me? What? It's like, doesn't make sense. I just know how him... One month asking to marry me? I didn't even know how is that going to be like. Yeah. So, you know, she's like, okay. I think she showed mom, I think, the letter. And mom says, oh, poor guy, blah, 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 something like that. <laughs> and finally, you know, because you don't know how it is and all that, you know, she was advised and she could accept this. They're saying, just say no for now because of how it is. So she said no, you know, with all that, which makes sense, something that you are not even understanding. So she said no, and she was advised to not to communicate as we were used to, you know, trying to avoid any feeling that may come between. So I said, ah, it's okay, we can just be chatting with friends. I was just expressing my heart. Fast forward, she went in uh, military, she was in Air Force, four years, then... In 2010, now you should connect all this. The point is when God seems to be silent. That's the main thing. 2010, I met this girl in Malawi. She told me, hey, let's be praying for each other. You find somebody in Malawi? I find somebody here in the U.S. Oh, yeah, it's, it's true. Let's be praying. In 2010, I met this girl. 
uh, her name was Violet. I proposed her. I just made, okay, a funny story about that again. I'll try to be quick. I'll make sure I'll be in time. Let me be watching my time. The good thing next week I'm preaching again, so come, come, come. <laughs> to hear more. Uh, I, this Violet, now, you just know that really culturally we are completely different culture. I've never met her. I've never seen her. We are chatting, talking with my pastor. She's a friend to my pastor's wife. They were together in the college. She was a teacher. So they were friends. So I'm talking to my pastor. He's asking me, Nishik, when are you going to get married? I was 26, 27, I think, sometime, that, that time. I said, ah, anytime, blah, blah, blah. And he tells me, okay, I mean, the wife comes in saying, oh, I have a friend. We've been together to school, blah, 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 blah. I can make you talk with you guys and you see if you like each other or not. Okay, fine. So we started talking, 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 talking. Just a few weeks, would you marry me? It was easy because our culture could understand each other. And she said, ah, uh, let's meet and talk sometime. So we just met one time. She came to see me, proposing that time. She said yes. Okay? It wasn't a shock. To you, you'd be, wow, that's weird. How can that be possible, just meeting one time when the, you proposed? And she said yes, but it wasn't a big deal to us because, you know, it's kind of common. So I said yes. We got married uh, in 2011. Now, that was 2010 because she was in school. I was uh, still a pastor at this church. We got married. And I know some of you have told you the story, some not. Uh, we got married in 2011. Uh, Got married in June, July. Yeah. So the journey is continuing. Bethany is saying, Oh, I'm glad for you guys. And I think I asked her some money of, during the wedding. She sent us some money for the wedding. Oh, okay, guys, you have a good time. You have uh, this money to help your wedding. So she sent us money. And uh, I made her to talk to her, I think, two, three times, twice on Facebook. They are a little bit of friends. So she. Bethany says, oh, I'll come visit you guys. Now we are married and all that. And finally, uh, in 2014, she was pregnant. She had, we had the first pregnant miscarriage after six months. And she was pregnant uh, the second time, eight months. We are going into a ninth month for delivery. And the doctor said it's time. Unfortunately, that was 24. We, we lost both the baby and the violet. They died while I was there in the hospital, sitting on the bed with her, talking to her. You can imagine with me how all that journey, it started like exciting journey. And with all that, in 2014, in April, she dies. It was really bad. It was the doctors did the operation. They said the baby is already dead. We had to donate blood on the bed. Uh, we could talk. Like, she was like, okay. It was the same. The, all this thing happened the same day we went to the hospital, like for delivery. It happened the same day. Went 5 o'clock a.m. By 5 o'clock, she was dead. But during the time between of the taking out the baby and her being, uh, because it was C-section, uh, being on the bed, we talked. I remember a few words that I was eating the apple. She said, can I have the apple? I said, 
No, the doctor argue, they clear you, that's when you're going to start eating. The drinking acid, you cannot drink all that. Oh, here it feels bad. We prayed, we did all that. And prior, before this time, we prayed for the pregnancy. We prayed for the baby. We prayed for everything, how we could. I fasted. And finally she dies. Do you think I would not be tempted to think like God is silent? To some point I would think that. All that time, I thank God for Bethany. She was like, literally it was like she's in Malawi with me. She was encouraging me on the phone every time all that. We went through that. I felt like maybe God was not listening to my prayer. I was in that moment that was painful to my heart, crying, thinking. We had a good relationship with God. We are working okay with God, and this happens. God, are you really listening to my prayers? We prayed, we fasted. Are you really listening? Are you still there? I was still a pastor. It's not like I did not, I stopped to be a pastor. I was still a pastor, and this happening. I really felt like God has left me at that particular moment. You know what? God is good. He gave me courage. He reminded me through his verses. He took me through the scriptures, which in a few minutes, I'm just going to share a few because of time. But what I want to say is, the whole story that I just told you, there were moments that I could feel like God, for that particular time, I think he's not listening to my prayer. Sometimes we have questions. Why? Why, God, this thing is happening to me? When you see your physical condition, your life, what you are going through, why? But God is faithful. Guess what? A few months later, we are still talking uh, to Bethany. Now, this time, Bethany comes to me saying, hey, Mishik, that was not even because of what happened, because we lost Violet, but after she had her time, she said, hey, Mishik, have you thought of uh, go past our relationship, sister, brother? I said, you know, I first loved you. Even before I met Violet, if you are following in the story, I first asked her. And you wonder why, and you ask questions. Why has God allowed all this to happen to come to this point? That brings me to the point of saying there's no one who can fully understand God. He may give us in parts to know some things. He may reveal some things to us, but some things do not reveal why. We may go through different situations. Each one of us, if I can ask to be honest, you will tell me your stories. If we ask why has this thing happened, we will come to the point of saying, God, I don't know why. You know one thing, what God wants? Just to trust him and stand still regardless of all that. We may have excuses as human beings that this is too hard for me. I can take it. Yes, it is true. It's too hard. But you know what? God is there with you. 
Let's go to Acts chapter 14, verse 19, 20, real quick. I would try to go a little fast. That way I can finish next week, unless otherwise. Verses 19 to 20, Acts chapter 14. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Now, this is Paul who has been called to minister. In his journey of ministering, God has told him, I'll be with you. Of course, we remember in chapter 9 when he called him into ministry, he told you will suffer, you know, more for my sake when you are ministering. But here he's now literally facing the suffering, like now facing the situation that to some point, if the same situation Paul faced could be given to us, we could maybe withdraw and say, no, I think this is too much. He was stoned, and the people thought that Paul is normal, is dead. If you read the following verses, you will see he gets up and goes back. Do you think, even though he, had, he was courageous enough, don't you think as a human being you could think like, oh, God, this is so hard. But he goes back and do the ministry. Now, I just have little quick three thoughts that I want to share with you when God seemed to be silent. Number one, remember God's orientation before the situation. One thing that has kept me alive or still in this faith is to remember what God has said. Because of my time, that will be only the point. I have three points, but I'll share the other two next week. That will be uh, the final. But for today, I'll just share you this first point. The other two points next week. So you come, to, you finish what? Remember God's orientation before the situation. Paul, regardless of the stoning and being dragged to the point of death, one thing he realized and he knew was when God called him, he told him he will suffer for God's sake. He will suffer not just because he wants to suffer, but because God has called him to minister to him for the sake of the kingdom. So he knows even though I'm stoned, even though I'm dragged, even though I'm to the point of death, one thing I know is that God is still with me, even though it seems like he's silent in this situation. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Uh, BJ shared this. I listened to his message, even though I was not here, and I also even listened for Pastor Randes. You know, I enjoyed the sermon, uh, frog kisses. I said, what? Frog kisses? What is he talking about? But when he explained, I understood, oh, frog kisses. Okay, we need to understand people, partner with people. Yeah, humble, all that. He explained it very well. It was uh, clear. 
And BJI remember in his sermon two weeks ago, he mentioned about uh, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye, seek the, uh, first seek the kingdom of God. Read there. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That was the first thing that even to any believer, regardless of the situation we are going in, God has said to us. And uh, John 15, 7. John chapter 15, 7. I don't know if he, uh, that one is in there. I can read a little quick. Okay. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is what God is saying before any situation. First, seek the kingdom of God. You know, if we accept him as Christians, walking with him, that is the first thing God has said to us. If we abide in him, if we live in him and walk according to his, that is the first thing that guarantees us to say, regardless of whatever, but God is involved in all this. If we know that we are Christians, we are born again, we are walking with him, that is the first thing that would give us like uh, encouragement when we face a situation which will come to the point like God has left us alone. We will know that God has said, as long as I'm in him, he will be with me. As long as I walk with him, if I seek his kingdom first, he will not leave me alone. You will not forsake me. You will stand with me. Uh, I did not have this in my notes, but I want to finish this morning with Daniel chapter 3. Let's go there and read. If you can put it real quick, you can uh, go ahead and read from there. If not, I'll just uh, read real quick uh, Daniel chapter 3. Uh, we'll just read a few verses. When God seems to be silent. Come on. The preacher has lost his voice. Yeah, it's in all the Old Testament, yeah. No, it's in the New Testament. All right. Let me just put it quick here. And we'll keep this. We have it there. Daniel chapter. Uh, three, I will read a few verses. I will start, I will read the first few verses, then go down there. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, and the treasurer, the justice, and magistrate, and all the officials of the province to come with the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then I'll go down to verse number eight. Therefore, at that time, certain Chadis came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. And I go down to verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadek, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. 
Nebuchadnezzar answered, said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, rire, dragon, harp, uh, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadak, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. Uh, this is where I want to draw our attention. Uh, if this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this. If this be so, our God, who will save whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hands, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. That was a powerful faith of demonstration that I've ever seen. This is a hard situation, a difficult time. They are put into the furnace. I would not even have hope into that tragedy. I would say, I think I'm done. But these guys, they're taking courage, regardless of the situation. Hey, King, I know the whole earth is bound down to this image. But we want you to know that we serve a true mighty God. We serve the God that is going to deliver us. But look, something here, what is interesting. We want you to know that even this God is not going to deliver us. Hallelujah. I love this passage. Even if God is not going to deliver us, we want you to know that we will never, ever bow down to this image. Regardless of whatever. If it's to die, let us die. But we are standing still. Let me tell you, if you ask my faith, when I walk with Christ now, this is one of the pillar that has hold my faith in God, regardless of the situation. These guys demonstrate how powerful believing in God is. Yes, I know the situation is hard. It's difficult. But regardless of all that, I will still trust the almighty living God. Regardless of what I am going through, I will still trust God. This is my challenge to you this morning. Regardless of what you are going through, some of you, you might have been praying for some issues of your body, uh, physically, uh, some of you, different challenges, situations, that you feel like maybe God is not with you. But let me tell you, you come to the point of saying that God 
even though you are going to heal me or not heal me, I will still trust you. That's what God is expecting from us. Whether you give me what I want or you will not, I will still trust you. That's what God is expecting from us. Sometimes we pray, hey God, I want this. He will not give us. We pray and we pray, we pray, not receiving answers. God, I want that mountain. God says, no, I'm not giving you. God, I want that job. Oh, I know, no, I know, I'm not giving you. Oh, no. How is it going to be like? Frustrations, moments that are discouraging us and thinking that maybe God is not listening to my prayers. But the scripture says, regardless of all that, stand still in his presence and he will be with us. And God comes to the rescue of these guys. He saved them. But they were ready. We need to be ready and trust God. Wait for part B this coming Sunday. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this morning that you gave us this uh, time to listen from you. Thank you for your encouraging word. We are so thankful that every time, Lord, you speak to our hearts. Times and situations are there in front of us that would discourage us. I know the devil will be there every time to discourage us, to blind us, try to tell us that you are not with us, O Lord. The devil will bring his ways to speak lies in our minds, in our heads, in our thinking, to say that God has forsaken us, or God is silent, or God is not with us. But Lord, we are so thankful for your word that you speak clearly to our hearts that regardless of all these situations, but you are still with us. Regardless of whatever we are going through, you have said in your word, as Isaiah says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with my luscious hand of righteousness. We are so thankful, Lord, that in all these times, your eyes are able to open to us and your ears attentive to listen to our prayers. We are so thankful that even in the deepest or darkest of moments, you are still there for us. I pray for your people. I don't know what they are going through. I don't know what the situation is like now, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, physical condition or whatever, Lord. But one thing I know that you have promised to be with them, not to leave them nor forsake them. I pray that God you touch and heal everyone. And it's your will, O Lord. We bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. For you have always been there for us alone. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. When God seems silent, he's still speaking. He's still good. He's still good. I don't know about you, but I was encouraged. Thank you, Meshach. I'm coming back for part B. I'll be back.
We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at emmanuelag.com. 